Hi guys! Welcome to Something Private, a podcast about everything related to the vagina. From sex, to health, and the society. My name is Nicole and I'm your producer and your host. So, this is part 2 of Jojo's story as a woman in a polyamorous relationship. In part 1, Jojo shares about how she and her first boyfriend started exploring opening up their relationship and how they dealt with insecurities as a couple and as individuals. In this part, we discuss how other couples can open up their relationship and what we think of modern love in Singapore. You know, you're talking about how like, people have asked you how to start uh, exploring. Maybe you can, can share me a bit about like, your experience with that. Sure. Mm. Okay. There are a few elements. I'm not going to tell you how many because I don't know yet. A few elements to... To, <laughs> to starting an over relationship. I don't know how many because I'm just going off yes, the top of my head. Yes, I would say, right, number one, you must have a good foundation in your relationship. You have to. And that means you are open, honest, transparent. You love each other. You think that love can be beyond yourselves and that love beyond yourselves will also enrich the love you have for yourselves. Because I do look at my boyfriends every day and I think... Wow, if not for the both of you, I cannot have the life that I have. So, loving someone else has made me love each of them even more, as if that was possible, but it is very possible. So that's why you must have a very good foundation. And in that, in light of that, right, I would say, if you're opening your relationship because you want to fix infidelity, it will not work. Maybe it will. Maybe you can be open and also fix the dishonesty and unhappiness and resentment in the sa- at the same time if you can kudos to you but I don't think so la, as in I, I think that's really really difficult I do have people who ask me um, who say you know um, my partner cheated let's uh, and I want to open our relationship to try that I actually have a lot of people telling me that you know even at work at school and I always say I really wouldn't recommend and I realise honestly that when they ask me why, why can't I? My answer is not, oh, because there's only one way to do polyamory or open relationship. No, there's there's no one way. But whenever I give advice, because I'm a sage guru, I'm very arrogant, right? I always say, no, it's about self love. You know, are you really sure that's what you want? You know, if you walk away for a while, you'll realize that maybe this is not what you wanted. You know, and every single time I was right. Yeah, so I will say good foundation is way too important when you're if you're opening it to fix something it's not going to work it's no different from having a child to fix a marriage what will happen is you'll just stay together in a marriage for the child and not for yourselves you see that's one the second thing is communication this one it is important all the way even while you're in the relationships i cannot emphasize it you know like i i do not believe in the concept of over-communicating. As in, I, I don't think it's an issue. I will over-communicate till I die. To the point where everyone... To the point where the person who needs reassurances or communication feels like, you know what? I'm stupid for wanting more communication. I'm a bit dumb, huh? I'm being silly now. Right? I say, yeah, you're kind of being silly now. Because I already spent how many months talking to you about it, you know, for example. But to me, it's worthy because that's what you do when you love your partners. You walk them through it. And it's not like I'm... I'm not a recipient of that as well. I am because how many times I told my boyfriend, Oh no, she very pretty leh. She very slim leh. Then does it affect how you see me? You better tell me not, huh? And they also take the time to walk me through it and everything. So, 
that really helps. I also told my boyfriends, are you sure I'm very young leh? Are you treating me as a sugar baby? I asked my partner, are you very, very sure? You tell me. Then I even get very ignorant. Like, you don't even pay for me. Huh? I pay for myself. I'm my own sugar mama. And that's really not me being a brat. I do it like jokingly. Lah. But even if it was serious, it's really a cry for help or it's an invitation for you to say, of course not, princess. You know, I treat you equally. I care about you, blah, blah. So that's what communications mean. It means reassurances. You talk things out. If you say, hey, I'm going on a date with XXX. Then your boyfriend say, huh? Who the hell is he? I never even heard of him. Then you say, okay, what makes you uncomfortable about that? Do you want to know more? What can I do to help you feel better? And after my date, can I, uh, what do you want to do? Let's reconnect. Let's do something you love. Blah, blah, blah. How else do you want to feel comfortable? Tell me and I'll help you. And sometimes my boyfriend say, uh, I think you need more time before you go on a real date with him. And um, some people in open relationships might not entertain that because for them it's a... Okay, so in open relationships, right, there is a sliding scale. There is a sliding scale and a spectrum. On one end, you have autonomy and the individual. On the other hand, you have the community. And I'm a polyamorous person who is very, very geared towards the community. Meaning, when I say I want to go on a date and someone feels uncomfortable, I will do everything I can to make sure that the person and my community is un- is comfortable with that before I proceed. Means all the people in your life. Correct, correct. Or in my poly life at least. Um, who might feel that they might be affected because they might think, huh, if you have another boyfriend, what happens to my Sundays? What happens to my Saturdays with you, you know? Uh, how will you split the sleeping arrangement? They might feel that they're losing something. And that's honestly when all your relationship problems come up and suddenly you are, you realize that you're not you're dealing with more than just uh I'm dating a new person. You're dealing with more than just that. But it's all about perception. Do you see that as a stumbling block or do you see it as an opportunity to make it even better? And I see it as a letter. La. So yeah, that's that's me. There are other people who are solo polyamorous. That's actually a term. And these people, they date many, many people and they might not want to be committed with all of them. And that's okay. You know, they want to be everyone's secondary or even tertiary, you know. Uh, I myself, I'm committed to both of them fully. Uh, monogamous people might think, no, nah, not even that full. La. You don't even have a ring on your finger from both of them. Blah, 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 blah. But it's my definition of full. So the solo polyamorous person, they might value individuality. So if a partner says, I'm not comfortable with you dating another girl, yet another girl, then the solo polyamorous guy or girl might say, uh, I understand, let me help you through your insecurities and everything. But ultimately, that choice is mine to make, for example. Yeah, mm. it's a sliding scale. It sounds like a lot of like, that you have like a very big, bandwidth for like emotional like a very big emotional capacity la would you say yeah actually <sighs> I feel like more like everyone has okay that's not true I never classified that way or labeled it that way like emotional bandwidth but a lot of people tell me that they might tell me that in the form of Joe how do you find the time I don't understand I cannot do it I have no emotional energy for example you know what actually I'm extremely selfish with my emotional energy very very selfish very very selfish with my personal space and everything because the truth is I put a hundred percent of my energy in 
the people I most care about. It might be my boyfriends, my girlfriends, my family, you know. So I do not have the time to deal with like not very nice people lah in general. The thing is, do I have I guess people will see that I do have more emotional bandwidth, uh because I'm like a mama bear all the time. But it doesn't mean that I'm over exhausted or that someone else can't do it. It's just in me. It's kinda of like my job. My calling. I just love it. It doesn't feel like work to me because it's comfortable for me. It's natural. It feels natural. And it helps that the people I surround myself with are all confident, secure. They don't need work. In fact, they are givers more than they are takers, I would say. What do you think is like the one thing like you will boil down like your ability to carry out this this polyamorous ah. relationship to for you. Huh. If there's one thing you can say that is that one thing that makes you su- successful, what would it be? The cliche answer is love, right? But the practical answer I would say is diplomacy. Meaning I don't believe in uh okay. More like Diplomacy because firstly, I care about honesty, transparency, communication. I will not exhaust that. I will always always have that capacity for someone I care about. That's one. Another thing is I do not believe that you cannot deliver bad news nicely. You always can. You always always can. And that is literally the job of a lawyer. Sorry, I fucking hate your proposal, but you know. Uh, we are we will be happy to open it for discussion, for example, you see. So that's really very important. I would say I'm a very mediator like personality and I was just gonna say I feel like it's more like from seeing on the outside, it feels like like the one thing that you have that maybe other people don't is you're very comfortable or like very secure in like your Oh yeah girl, fuck that would have been my answer la shit la <laughs> Then I can say again. <laughs> yeah, so this interviewer right, asked me to repeat my answer. La. She asked me what makes it possible for me to be poly and rest. And at first I said diplomacy. And then I said maybe love. But then she suggested my answer which is confidence, really. Because when you're confident, you love yourself, then you realise if people come and go, then fuck that shit lah. I'm the shit, you don't want me, then you're the shit. But, <laughs> but I'm the shit. So that's one thing. You don't ever take things personally when you're confident and you love yourself. And also, you have the confidence to tackle things head on. Well, you don't see it as personal. Literally one time, uh, my, my, I was telling my boyfriend about how I was very affectionate with someone, a new friend that I met. And I really, really like this new friend. And then he got uncomfortable and he didn't want to tell me why. Or he couldn't really express. And he said, I feel like uh, you are presenting yourself as very easy. Then of course, you know someone will say, Oh my god, you bitch! You're my boyfriend, you call me easy. But then, what's the point of doing that? It doesn't solve anything. You have to peel back the layers and ask yourself why. Why is he saying I'm easy? Hmm, maybe because he doesn't feel like I've been affectionate with him in that way. Okay, but why haven't I been? Have we not met enough? Am I really not affectionate with him? So I always, always ask the why, why, why questions. I ask myself, if I know, great. If I don't, I ask him, why, 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 why? Like, why not comfortable? Why do you say it's easy? Does it affect you? And sometimes he might say, I'm very concerned about how people view you. Then I say, why does that concern you? Because it doesn't really concern me. And I don't really care as long as you guys still love me and I still love myself, you know? And then he'll be like, at the end he'll be like, yeah, you know what? She still loves me. She loves herself. She's happy. She's met this new person that I will 
know about and she trusts me to tell me about this new person and our relationship is getting better and better and better and she's still affectionate with me so what am I complaining about so he might be like oh yeah I was very silly for saying that and he he might come to his own conclusion and he did that I'm so sorry for calling you easy that's not fair of me you know for example that's a very fun thing for me because it also took a lot of time before I realised that you need to be self-confident and not take things personally and take charge of your conversations your relationships your disputes and then I, I use it as a social experiment. So when he said that, I had two options. I wanted to be angry. But you know what? Angry for what? So I took the other route la, and it came out so well. Because if I were angry, like, how can you call me a slut? We agree on Polly and Marie there. Blah, blah. Then what's the point? Mm. Your partner remains uh, not reassured. You remain unhappy. What's the point? Mm. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of maturity. I'm thinking about all the past times that I've quarreled with like, all my ex-boyfriends and like all the times I lash out I'm like woo darling it's okay I also have I have before (gasps) I have screaming eh screaming ah like what nothing lah just like hold her hand ah oh I like her photo ah I think it was like one of them was like why he gonna follow like all these like influencers on Instagram then I'm like (laughs) I not pretty enough meh (laughs) like I I not I not good looking enough meh can you just get me meh (laughs) But then in hindsight, like, do I really mean it? Like, actually, I don't know. It's like, I also look at handsome men, what? You know what I mean? Yeah, lo? Yeah. It's more like, why you, like, maybe never validate me. Mm. Or like, maybe I'm just like, sensitive because my mentor's coming, you know? Correct. And maybe, you actually love yourself. And what you need is the, ay, baby, don't be sad. Yeah, yeah, it's correct. a reassurance. That's yeah. what I meant earlier. Yeah, okay, then also like, so like, then with that particular, like, men's, right? Then like, I also tell him, I'm like, Sometimes it's just that it's not like I I I am not confident or I am. It's just that like I just need to say this no. Then he'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like I'm like it's it's not in like me to do to, to this kind of thing. <sighs> then fuck you la Then what fuck are you here for? Then honestly. No, so it's it's interesting, right? Because I feel like a lot of not say a lot of Singaporeans are, but it's like this maturity law for your partner to be like, okay, like I require I recognize that this is what you need and like yeah. I will actively work to yeah. ensure that I fulfill like this yeah. aspect of it. La. So You can you can uphold each other's autonomy, right? But not be an asshole. Yeah. Still try to see eye to eye. Yeah. Help each other out. Then what what the fuck are you in a relationship for? I've also met that because let me tell you, when my PMS comes right, I gain a lot of weight one, I tell you. And I get very not say insecure. But I get all like are you sure you like princess? Like, can can you see if I look fat? Uh, you you promise ah, uh, you like me ah, uh, you promise ah, uh, you promise ah, uh, I'm gonna take off my clothes now. You promise ah, uh, I'm like yes yes, you divine chio, you fucking chio. Look at you, wow, wow, so sexy, so skinny, and you eat more leh. When I clearly like so so lumpy, so fat, cannot even move, got chub rub or whatever. Then I'm like, oh okay lor. Then that's all you need is a reassurance and. I realise if I date someone and they don't allow that, they don't help me, like, fuck you, man. If you don't even get to help me with something so simple, uh, then bye-bye. Right, right. Right, right. Know mm. your worth, please. Mm. Because it's the same when they complain, eh, did I get away, uh? my chest will be or not? Even if it's not big, I should say very big, uh, <laughs> you know? It's Ay-ya. true, it's true. Something Private is a podcast produced by VFM. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream your podcasts from. So I don't know if I've told you guys, but we also have a Telegram channel where I 
occasionally upload cute gifs. Just search for something private pod in the Telegram search bar. That's something private pod to find us, or follow us on Instagram with the same handle something private pod. Like how like I first heard about you lah. So basically, sure. it was Dave who told me about his friend who is in a polyamorous relationship, and that you were very open to sharing it on like Instagram. So I kind of want to talk about that. Like you used to be open, but then like now, you took down some of the stories and you privated your account. So yeah. tell me a bit about like what went on and then what happened after that. Ah, okay. I think it. I. The, those stories that you were referring to, right? It's actually a Q&A where people were asking me all these questions that you you are asking me. Um, <clears throat> actually, everyone on my Instagram, uh, they suspected that I had another partner and I was by then with him for about three years and I also had another boyfriend, a third boyfriend and they all knew each other, of course. And I realised, no, I fuck that shit. It's getting way too uncomfortable and too hard to go out with my boyfriends and not hold hands and pretend that we're not a couple like for what like who are you hiding from whose judgment are you afraid of so honestly that Q&A started because I decided to come out of the closet as people would say so I basically said you know as you might notice sometimes I go out on dates with another another man and I said I'm basically polyamorous and the questions just started pouring in like crazy and it's all things that you are asking me now and sometimes some but a lot of personal details about my own boyfriends like how are they where are they from blah, 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 blah. how do you meet them you know how much sex do you have with each of them you know things like that very very personal questions so i came out and i shared i shared my thoughts and after a while i would say about one year i read back because it was crazy it was to a point where my friends were asking their friends that i don't know to follow me to view my stories and I kept that private because I don't want um, my partner's people to be affected because my partners might have a different degree of openness than I do and they might have you know family to think about parents to think about their careers to think about and that's why I have to be careful about that like I am now so after a while I looked at I looked back at the insta stories and I thought to myself you know what that Q&A it's not valid anymore for the main reason that my thoughts and my thinking has changed in many many ways like for example if you ask me how to deal with jealousy do you get jealousy now as opposed to one year ago i will have very different answers maybe one year for now this podcast will not even be valid for me anymore as well so that's one thing everyone's ever changing and growing that's one but more importantly i was concerned with my partner's privacy that's why i took it down yeah, I just realized, you know, their privacy is not for me to share. And even when I was doing that Q&A, it was a private account. I was on a private account, yeah. But now it's like, yeah, private also, a lot of people that I don't really know, so I better take it down. If my partners want to share any personal details about them, they can do it on their own volition, not me. Yeah. Mm. Was, like, were the reactions that you got, like, more positive or negative? And do you get any, like, like, did anyone, like, shame you? From my perspective, I would say they've all been positive. I think for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because I'm an optimist. La. <laughs> then the other reason might be people who know are people who already know me for four or five years. 
if I've always cared for you, loved you, treated you well, why does the fact that I'm poly or that I have a different life than you make you want to hate me, for example? I don't think my friends are like that. And I do have friends who are very, very, very Christian. And I love them very dearly because they also have a heart for everyone just in a different way than I do, you know? That's one. But at the same time, of course, people... I, I say I do have friends who I care about and who care about me. Of course, in that sense also, um, it works on the flip side. If they don't agree with me, they might not say it, you know, or they might not feel comfortable enough to say it because they might think, you know what, I don't want to ruin the relationship or whatever. And that's fine by me also. I, I have never ever been offended by any question about my body memory, really. Um, as for hate, uh, I don't consider it hate, nor do I consider it ignorance. I would just consider it difference. I do have people who I care about who come and tell me marriage is about one man and one woman on the base on the Bible. I'm sorry, I cannot accept that. They're like, okay, law, as in, to each his own. Mm. What I can take is if you have your own thing and I have mine and we respect each other. What I can't is if you impose your views on me. I cannot. I don't accept that. And to that end, have I drifted from people? I haven't. Have I drifted from maybe one person? I have. And that's not something that hurts me, to be honest. Because, of course, just like normal friendships and normal relationships, when you're not that compatible, you drift apart naturally. And that's fine. Yeah. I also have people who say, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually most people say, yeah, yeah, marriage should be about one man, one woman. And it's not an attack against me. It's also uh, an it's not an attack, it's just a belief that comes from a certain set of values that also alienates LGBT people. Because it's one man, one woman. It's not one woman, one woman, you know? So I don't take it personally. It's just, I'm sorry, we are not really compatible in that sense. And I wouldn't share about my life in front of you. Lah. And naturally, if I don't do that, then then where's the friendship left? Mm. Yeah. But otherwise, I would say I was really flawed by the, res- the response because... Millennials are so fucking open about it. So fucking open. Like, I I have so much pride about that. Because people realise that... Millennials realise that your life is for you to create and for no one else to dictate. And you honour... You honour it when someone else of your age or someone else altogether does that for their own lives. And I fucking love that. That's not something you find in older generations. Honestly, you don't. So... I would say it's overall positive. Yeah. Mm. Maybe can share a bit about how like your relationship with your parents and your family is like. Like, do they know about it? Do you have to also like come out to them? Hmm. yeah. I. People always ask me if you could. Okay, basically, I already came out to my parents, and then people always ask if you had to do it all over again, would you have? And to be honest, I think I would. It wasn't easy. When I came out, they were like in shock for maybe a year. I don't think they accepted it, but they I don't think they tolerated it. They kind of repressed it and pretended that it didn't exist. So then uh, a lot of other family drama happened and it really imploded such that uh, there was a period where I had ultimated and I said, this is who I am, this is my life. I will not allow you to disparage my own partners in that sense. They are people who have flesh and blood and feelings and their own parents. You cannot hurt them. And in that sense, as my parents, right, when you hurt people that way, it's not the same 
way I would like to treat other people and therefore I need my own independence and that's why I moved out at 25 I got my own home you know you have to find your own pockets of freedom and your own pockets of independence and that's what I did for myself and I don't regret that one single bit so the thing is when I decided to come out to my parents it's because I love my parents super dearly my mom is a single mom and my stepdad has been the best support in my entire childhood and so one day I thought to myself I'm really done with pretending that I'm going out with my friends when I'm really going out with my partners and so I thought to myself you know what I'd rather be honest and be hated because I want to have that connection with my parents than be a liar and lie to my parents all the way till they die and I couldn't accept it was a very like it was a conscious conscience thing uh. and so I told them all but I, I think I didn't understand the magnitude of their wiring or what is ingrained in them I really underestimated that and for that reason if you haven't come out I would say don't unless you are like me and you are unable to hide your feelings or hide your true self then I will fully encourage it if they cannot take it it's their prerogative and it is your choice to make whether you want to salvage it or not or yield to what they want you to be mm, yeah but at this point, we are reconciling, which is really nice. I think my pa- my parents have slowly realized in in the six months that I've left them, I've you know I still send them flowers, still wish them happy birthday, happy Mother's Day, Father's Day, and they've slowly realized that heck, I should let my Asian child be the person she wants to be, and I would rather have her in my life than not at all. Have her in my life as the person she wants to be, than not have her and force my own decisions on her. They're slowly coming around and I think that's very beautiful so I don't regret it. Yeah. What were some of like the things that they were like not okay with? Not okay, I mean many many things lah. Tattoo, not okay with. Smoking, not okay with. Cannot say walao, cannot say fuck. Cannot cross your legs in a temple. I mean for Asian parents it's everything. So I did, I, I know that my parents, they would rather I be monogamous and cheated. I know that for a fact. And I really cannot accept that because they do have polyamorous people in their lives. Just one, just one actually. It's just uh, one of their family friends mm. who has a wife and then a mistress. But somehow they made it work. And I think, and I think that's their fear. They think that it happens and, and it, it grows organically ne- in a negative way. But they're very happy now, you know. It's just... I, I think they might think that it originates in a negative way but it doesn't have to yeah they don't like that and I think of course they can't get over the fact that you're sharing your body <laughs> they cannot they cannot and in the ex- in, in the implosion that occurred um, there were a lot of comments about how you know how can you be a slut or or how they told my partner you are horrible you are scum of the earth you are unable to control your woman which of course I interjected like huh control your woman what year are we in you know that's what I mean by I I underestimate how ingrained they are in all these beliefs you see yeah but of course I also in time I was very very angry I cried a lot very very angry but in time I also realized you know what they are who they are and I say that with empathy but also with boundaries 
in that I know you are who you are but you need to let me be who I am and I will still not let out of my life or my own boundaries yeah I think it's difficult lah it's tough to yeah Asian parents yeah yeah because I, I got to a point where I realised I've been a perfect child eh. I mean, mm. honestly mm. you know 24 25 years of my life you know I've been to good schools one not so good school that's fine then I've become a lawyer I've done everything perfectly I have a great boyfriend long term 7 years might get married and have children but I realised no matter how perfect you are as an Asian child there's always a catch there's always something that's gonna piss them off you can I can go on and be monogamous and get married and have children and they might say I do not agree with the way you raise your child I do not agree with the fact that you allow your gay child to be gay for example the bug won't always be with me and it's very difficult you know so I'm like I fuck that shit lah I'll bite that bullet and just be who I want to be you know and I think maybe it's very difficult for people to understand because as Asian children we are very very close to our parents or some of us are and unlike the west the westerners you know they leave by 18 and I don't think it's a bad thing eh, to be honest because Asian children what we stay at home until what 30 when you get a BTO 30 there for goodness sake when you come out and you realize I guarantee you when you come out and you realize my time my money everything I'm accountable to me it makes such a world of difference you suddenly realize that you have insecurities and you have confidence that you have never known you have never experienced these things whatsoever so it is when you have that self-confidence and independence that you will naturally maybe feel drawn to go back to your parents again you know on the condition that of course they haven't been abusive and everything lah you know mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think my final question to sum up this whole thing lah. What is love to you? Like, what does love mean to you? <sighs> I already told you. <laughs> love, huh? Yeah, I always say love is waking up and choosing that person every day. Uh, that remains true. What do you think about the way Singaporeans love? Huh. The way Singaporeans love, ah. I, I try not to be judgmental. And of course... I also don't like generalizing people. Singaporeans love. Actually, I, I do have a compliment. Eh? I do think that Singaporeans love very simply. Which is which is not like an insult. Lah. I mean, people are very easily content. Let's go Bali every once in a while. JB every once in a while. And uh, let's have you know a proposal and a wedding here and there. And honestly, I find that quite beautiful. Lah, because it's really a case of I only need you in a world with me which is very very nice and sometimes I wonder am I very high maintenance and difficult for wanting more so I admire that about Singaporean love per se yeah at the same time I guess the flip side is I wish people knew how much there is out there left to explore there's just way too much to a point where there's so much positivity that I don't want to have children at this point because I feel there are way too many adults that I want to get to know that I have no time for you know yeah mm. do you think that we I think like to I feel like you have you have a very optimistic answer to me I, I always feel like and also not to be judgmental but I feel like we we don't know how to love I agree that we love simply but like I always feel like we just don't know like we well I think we talked about this right we were talking about how like 
love in Singapore is very transactional. Was it, was it with you that we... I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, like, do you think this is, like, something that we have to, like, work on? Or, like... Yeah. Mm, I'm not very sure because I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Even though it, it might be, let's say, uh, stock standard, cookie cutter, right? Like, oh, uh, meet in JC, uni, poly, then go and go uni or get BTO, get married, get grants, have children, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Then it might seem very stock standard, but I see friends also behind the scenes, right? They have so many things that they communicated about that they were unhappy with but worked through together. And they had a meeting of the minds and that's very beautiful. So it, it might seem very uh, standard from the outside or commonplace because Singapore is really small and there's not many room logistically for you to uh, explore or express yourself as a couple. But I still believe that the inner walls of the couples are very rich. I believe that. Even if you, you, you don't need to date a foreigner to experience that. Mm. You don't need to date someone or another race to experience that. There's enough complexity in one person, much less two. So I do think that inner worlds can be very complicated and very interesting and therefore I don't feel like it's boring or standard or don't know how to love. I think, yeah. I'm crying. Jojo's really the sweetest, you know, and she's, she's right. It really takes a lot of work to love and commit and honestly that's one of the most beautiful things about love Valentine's Day is tomorrow this is your chance to tell me you love me now okay, I'm kidding remember to tell everyone you love that you love them and yeah just spread good vibes all around I'll see you guys on Monday for the next episode bye You're so beautiful my heart is shaking and I'm still